Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Today is critical for me. It's interesting that in the calendar of the world, we make such a big deal about Christmas. No shade on Christmas. Love everything about it. Elf on the shelf, presents, whatever. But everything that Jesus came to accomplish is celebrated now. The whole reason He was born was so that we could mark this. And on Good Friday, good for us, He laid down His life and paid a price that we could never engage with ourselves. From Mark 15, 33 to 39, it says this, When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, see, He's calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, fixed it on a stick, offered him a drink and said, let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. And Jesus let out a loud cry. and He breathed His last. Then the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, saw the way, the way he breathed his last. The centurion, a guard, somebody there who had helped to see Jesus nailed to the cross, who was there possibly involved in his parade through the city of Jerusalem where he was mocked and jeered and spat on and punished for no fault of his own, for doing nothing wrong, for living a life that in Reality was completely sinless and so filled with love that on Himself took on all the jeers and all the oppression and all the attacks of all of humanity. And he has a centurion who helped to do this, who was employed. It was his job to see a man nailed to a cross. And it says he saw the way he breathed. What way was that? Was it that? Of all the deaths that this centurion had seen, of all the countless times he'd seen people crucified, hanging on a cross. See, at crucifixion, you'd you'd die by suffocation because the weight of your body brought to bear with your arms nailed and your feet nailed meant that you suffered for every single breath. It was a torturous death, nothing easy about it. And this centurion had seen it countless times. What was different about this? I wonder if what was different is that of all the people who had gone through this, Jesus was the only one who the centurion noticed, released His life and didn't have it taken from Him. What if everybody else had had their life stripped from them because of the torture and the pain? But what if Jesus, Jesus, God in flesh, what if that did not beat Him? What if He bore it? What if He was broken in body, but not broken in spirit? And what if in that, in Him breathing His last, ah, He 
took dominion over death. He ruled in that moment. There's nothing broken about Jesus. Jesus on the cross is not broken. Jesus on the cross is victorious. And He breathes, ha! And He lets it out. What if that so resonated in the heart of this guard that He'd never seen that before? And it says this, when the centurion who was standing opposite Him saw the way He breathed His last, here's what the centurion said, truly, no doubt, Hanji, this man was the Son of God. How could you convince people that you are God in your very death? If not, that is the most significant death in human history. Because in His dying, He was not defeated. And He was laying the groundwork for life everlasting. I don't know if you're in situations and circumstances sometimes where the message gets drowned out. I don't know if you've ever received a phone call only to be in an environment where you can't hear it and they can't hear you. I don't know what's more frustrating nowadays than being in this world of FaceTime and voice messages and this and not being able to hear or receive what's going on. I seem to get more frustrated than ever before. So I remember the days when I used to have to Skype across the world and the delay was 30 seconds and you just put up with it. But I can't hack crackle at the other end. Can't hack the message getting drowned out. It's made it even worse for me because I have this old Jeep and I think if I've got a Jeep, I may as well leave the roof down most of the time, which is so unfortunate because whenever somebody calls me when I'm in the Jeep, the first thing I say is, can you hear me? And they say, no, because the wind is just raging past. And there's a part of me that's really frustrated, but really, really happy at the same time. But I have no roof caving me in. But I don't know about you, maybe you've been at a cafe and been buzzing around and somebody's gone, you can't cut through with the message above the noise. Or maybe you've been at home and there's so much going on and the TV and the, the fortnight and the this and the that just drowns out the message along the way. And we live in a culture where sometimes we have to take hold of a message, create an environment where we can actually receive it and embrace it, remove ourselves from distraction. What if Good Friday is like that for us? What if Good Friday is a moment in all our calendars where we stop and cut through the messages that drown things out? And what if we have an opportunity to lock in for what God might be saying to us? I think it's significant that the message of Jesus is one of life abundant. The message of Jesus is one of binding up the broken heart. The message of Jesus is one of setting captives free. And as much as the noise is raging on the outside, that message is still relevant today. That in fact, the greatest message that could be told is one of sacrifice. And I know that cuts against the grain of our culture because we promote self-fulfilment, self-actualisation, self-empowerment, self above anything else that the idea of sacrifice, of laying down our lives for others is not championed. But then there's little moments where it cuts through. 
Can, can I ruin a movie for you? There's this movie that was released a few years ago. It's Avengers Endgame. And I'm sorry, I'm gonna remove the ending guesswork here because the movie ends with a character, the amazing Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Tony Stark, sacrificing his life for the entire universe when he clicks the finger and brings everybody back into reality. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's too hard to explain. They did like 20 or 30 movies to get to that point. I'd take two days to unpack it for you. But see, the point was I was in the cinema with friends of ours and we were sitting there and this lady, two seats over, three seats over, started wailing and crying the moment that moment of sacrifice happened. And what's hilarious is Robert Downey Jr. actually isn't Iron Man. He's not. That, that suit that he's wearing, I don't know if you know this, that's fake. It's a green screen. The thing's not real. When he clicked his fingers, I don't even know if that was his real hand he was clicking. It's all make-believe. I'm sorry to ruin it. But this lady was crying because the message of sacrifice. Somebody laying down their life to save others cut through. And what if here today we're celebrating the truth? No green screen. The centurion saw him die. The centurion saw him breathe his last. The centurion chose to believe. What if the greatest message is a message of sacrifice? What if we're meant to lay down our lives for others? What if we're meant to champion others like never? What if we're meant to live with a different message at heart? And what if in today's like today, we have the choice to come together as people and say, with all the noise out there, we choose not to get drowned out. We choose not to tolerate the pressure and the oppression and the lies and the unbelief and the things that seek to squash us and hold us back. And we choose to take hold of the message of Jesus that was so compelling that the people who imprisoned Him started to believe that He was who He said He was. What if there's more to it? And what if today, there's a line in the sand that says, I'm taking hold of life and letting go of all things that would hold me back. See, what makes Jesus' message so powerful is He didn't just speak it, He lived it. He lived it. And it said there in the portion of Mark 15, when it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. He's on the cross. Midday, sunniest part of the day and darkness, darkness, darkness. That was no natural darkness. All the oppression, all the pressure came to bear on that one cross on that hill outside Jerusalem. And it all came to bear on one man. All the sin, sin that separates us from God, self-righteous, self-centred, self-gratifying lifestyle. That means that sacrifice doesn't even enter into the equation. The sickness of the heart, that means that we cultivate envy and jealousy and disgruntledness instead of embracing the love of God and the changes that that makes. All the sin, the yuck, the things that cause people to live below what they're created to be was placed on Him who knew no sin. He'd not engaged with it. 
He'd not participated in it. He'd not lived out of it, but yet He took it on Himself. Why? Why would He take it on Himself? Because somebody had to pay the price that we could never pay for ourselves. There's nothing I could ever do to make myself right with God. He's too good and I'm not good enough. But Jesus is. And on Himself, on Himself, on Himself, in the midst of the darkness, He doesn't run from the moment. He embraces it. He embraces it to the point where He's abandoned by His Father. We knew what it felt like to be rejected, cast aside, so that we don't have to live like that anymore. Here's the truth. Today, we have to remember not to forget. We have to remember not to forget. Remembrance isn't simply acknowledging something and moving on. It's living with that reality in mind. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the one worth living for. He is the one worth pursuing. He is the one who gives life because death could not rule Him. I want to encourage you in a moment we're about to enter into moment of reflection. Our amazing team is going to lead us in that. I encourage you to remain seated. I have a final thought to bring up after this. I want to encourage you if today you want to have the opportunity to give with your resources and worship God with your finances. During this moment, we have the Connect Hub open and available for those that would like to take the chance to give. But in this moment, I want to challenge you to remember not to forget who Jesus is and who He's calling you to be in His Name. The words of the prophet Isaiah, written hundreds of years before Jesus, God in flesh, chose to dwell amongst us and was born. Isaiah leapfrogs from his moment sees the future, sees everything that God had in mind. It says this in Isaiah chapter 53. I'd like to invite you to listen and allow this to sink into your heart. Who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on, passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. It was our disfigurements. All the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him. They ripped and tore and crushed him our sins. 
He took the punishment and that made us whole. Through His bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong on Him, on on Him. He was beaten, He was tortured, but He didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered and like a sheep being sheared, He took it all in silence. Justice miscarried and He was led off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for His own welfare, beaten, bloodied for the sins of my people. They buried Him with the wicked, threw Him in a grave with a rich man. Even though He'd never hurt a soul, said one word that wasn't true. Still, it's what God had in mind all along, to crush Him with pain. So the plan was that He give Himself as an offering for sin so that He'd see life come from it. Life, life and more life. And God's plan was deep, will deeply prosper through Him. Out of that terrible travail of soul, we'll see what it's worth it and be glad He did it. Through what He experienced, my righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous ones as He Himself carries the burden of all their sins. Therefore, I'll reward Him extravagantly, the best of everything, the highest of honours, because He looked deaf in the face and didn't flinch, because He embraced the company of the lowest. He took on His own shoulders the sin of many. He took up the cross. He took up the cross and in that He took up the cause of all the black sheep. That's why I'm wearing black today. I'm a black sheep. I desperately needed saving. I could not do it myself. We just sung about the blood of Jesus and I know in our culture that is so weird. We don't really get what that's about sometimes. If you've grown up in the church, maybe you know, but if you haven't, why all this talk about blood? Do you know that in every human culture, every human culture, they've practised some form of sacrifice. It's always involved something dying. Animals, usually. Some cultures, the worst of the worst. In the culture that Jesus was born into, they had a temple. And they would sacrifice animals as a symbol of the need for something to give its life so that we could live free. You know what they would do with the blood of the animal? I know it's so morose. We couldn't even imagine it today. They would take that blood and they would sprinkle it as a sign of purification and being made clean. Here's the reality. When Jesus died on the cross, there's an account in Scripture where He was pierced in His side as He gave His last. It says that blood mixed with water came out. Life. That because of Jesus being willing to shed His blood willingly for us, the sacrifice 
payment, price paid is done once and for all and forever, done. And we, if you're like me, a black sheep, we get invited into the family of God, never to be abandoned again because He took abandonment on Himself so that we could be adopted in Him. So the only thing that separates us from the love of God now is not sin. I don't know if you know that. When Jesus died, all the sin was laid on Him. It's done, it's done, it's done, it's done. Whatever you're sitting there playing through in your mind thinking, gosh, this building's gonna fall down on me. It will not because Jesus took it on Himself. The building already fell on Him. He looked deaf in the face and overcame it so that we can live free. See, there's no sin separating from you from God anymore. Nothing that you've done. All it is now is a choice. All it is is a choice. All it is is a choice. The choice is, will I choose to live life gratifying my own selfish brokenness or will I choose to come under Jesus and come under Him and choose by faith to follow Him for myself and allow Him to change me along the way. Choice is the only thing that separates any of us from the love of God now. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.